Hey, Oz, what movie are we watching this week? Oh, we've got The Marriage of Field of Dreams, The Iranian Revolution, and that part in Forrest Gump where he runs everywhere. We've got, <laughs> we've got 1984's Stephen King's Children of the Corn. <laughs> where he runs everywhere <laughs> that part <laughs> oh hey listeners and viewers welcome back to another week of let's talk about flicks the weekly podcast where we take a monthly theme go back and forth satisfying that theme with movies i am one of your hosts oz and i am curtis and this week we are talking about stephen king's children of the corn uh, a original short story mm -hmm. out of one of his anthologies and turned into a major motion picture starring everyone's favorite, Peter Horton. Peter Horton. 30-somethings <laughs> Peter Horton as I was looking into his filmography. Yeah, that's a show I never watched. I nope. knew of it, but I wasn't 30-something, so I couldn't it, watch yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, 10-something. Yeah, and, and that show you know, late, late '80s, right? I, 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 still, if I were, I guess you could say lucky, if I were still sitting in the living room when the Discovery Channel turned it over to the Playboy Channel at 7 p.m., um, occasionally I would catch one of those shows if no one was calling me out. But I was not old enough to watch 30 something. <laughs> no, you were plenty old enough for the for Playboy, but not 30 something. <laughs> right? That well, was over Well, I already played with action figures so i was aware of what plastic looks like in human form so there you go what what was different <laughs> with the playboy channel uh before we get to cast and characters let's give a shout out to our patreon subscribers melissa l and don s thank you for your patronage uh if you'd like to contribute to the show and find yourself mentioned or even access the hidden cabinet of many episodes <laughs> so hidden we can't we haven't found it yet Mm -hmm. um you know you head on over to patreon.com and search for let's talk about flicks you can also find a link down in the description so curtis yes who who makes up the wonderful cast of this <laughs> multi of this award-winning motion picture <laughs> oh 1984's children of the court i know this movie is near and dear to your heart oz so mm -hmm. as far as the character rundown <laughs> uh there's there's two leads uh, they are the the adults in the film, so we have, or I guess, two of the three technically adults in the film, because we do have another one who's kind of blinking you miss it. But the two leads yeah. are a, are a uh, are they they're not married, they're engaged, aren't they? They're engaged, yeah, they're engaged, yes. yes. They're, or or she's wanting to be engaged because okay. uh, one of the two because she makes makes a reference to fear of commitment. That's right. That's right. So uh, I think so they're. We, I think she's seeking engagement, and he's. Not quite there. Hint, hint. Yeah. So Peter Horton. we have we have Bert played by thirty somethings Peter Horton, and we have Vicky played by the Terminator sagas Linda Hamilton, a pre-Terminator mm -hmm. Linda Hamilton. Same year though, right? Didn't Terminator come yeah. out later this year? Yeah. Yep, they both so, came out in nineteen eighty four. Yes. Yeah. So same year yeah. as Terminator, but yet an no. entirely different performance. Nineteen eighty four, also known as the year of Linda Hamilton. The, yeah, yeah, she it's her, and yeah, it's like on the Chinese she calendar. Dominated the box office. There's the year of the <laughs> monkey, year of the rat, year of Linda Hamilton. Mm -hmm. So next and, time uh, you're at your favorite Chinese restaurant and you're looking at the placemat, 
make sure you're looking to see if you were born in the in the moon cycle of the year of Linda Hamilton. <laughs> in the year of Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> the only surviving Sarah Connor. Yes. Uh, we have a character named Deal, played by R.G. <laughs> Armstrong, who yeah. apparently shot everything in one day. It, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's yes, pretty it obvious is. they shot everything in one day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that character is something else. You uh, know, had you told me they filmed this entire movie in one day, I probably would have believed you. Yeah, like, oh, that, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, there's a day scene and a night scene. So, uh -huh. yeah, you got it all, yeah, you got it all, it all in one day. day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have uh, the, the two main uh, villain characters. We have Isaac and Malachi. Isaac yeah. played by John Franklin and Malachi played by Courtney Gaines. Right. We have some other characters that the, the two good children in the film. We have yeah. uh, we have Job and Sarah, and we have <laughs> right. a couple other named characters who pop up: Rachel and Amos. Yeah. Oh, there's poor. A it. There's a Joseph in there. That, that's like, right, just, Joseph. Yeah. Poor, poor Amos. Yeah. It's his yeah, birthday. He was. He was pretty content though. Like, yeah, he was. It's a, it's a great gift. It's my it's my birthday. <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's about that, it. That's Cast the wise. characters. That's that's really yep. it. You really only need to know the first five. We not even yeah. Deal. Really, just Bert, no. Mickey, Isaac, and Malachi, and that's it. De uh, although Deal does show up in my notes, so yeah. Oh, he's there. But he yeah. doesn't doesn't really have to be, but he's there. He he really doesn't have to be. <laughs> he doesn't have to. I think Sar okay. Sar Sarge the dog, I think, is more vital to the script than deal. <laughs> yeah. Poor Sarge. Poor, poor Sarge. So all right. All right, let's we get to the we, plot, Oz. Oh, oh boy, here we go. And what a we plot it off, is. We kick off this nineteen eighty four movie in, in the past of nineteen eighty. Oh uh, Gatlin, Gatlin, Nebraska. Uh, a town very similar to a lot of small towns, mm -hmm. especially in central Illinois, where yeah. you basically, you travel through cornfields, then you have a clearing of cornfields for a town, and then you're back to cornfields. So we've got the, the town of Gatlin, Nebraska is dealing, unfortunately, with a failed corn crop. Um, yet the, it's, I'm sure it's an extremely conservative, very religious townsfolk. Well, ba uh, based the on that, based on the AM radio, yes, all the kids in town are named after biblical, uh, biblical figures, mm -hmm. um, and so they are. You know, the the townsfolk. They we're, we're this is all told to us through Job's uh, voiceover as he's telling us the story of night of this infamous day in 1980, where mm -hmm. uh, while all the townsfolk are praying for a successful corn harvest. Isaac, age 12, but played by a 24-year-old actor, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> he uh, he's taken a different route, and he's taken all the children to the cornfield to join his 18U cult. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like the soccer league. <laughs> it is. It is. It's this is this is the uh, AAU of of cult mm -hmm. leaders. Uh, his 18U cult because 18-year-olds are the that's the that's the last year that you're a child. That's it. That's it. Um, and so he's got a different plan. Instead of, you know, maybe trying it, you know, maybe watering our fields more or, or something on those lines, he's decided, hey, there's a demonic entity out in the fields named He Who Walks Behind the Rose. They should have just called him Voldemort. Um, <laughs> you know, he's out in there. And, you know, what? here's what we're going to do. I've made a pact with He Who Walks Behind the Rose. 
And if we kill all the adults in town, sacrifice them to he who walks behind the rose, then we'll have a plentiful corn harvest because that's what all the children of Gatlin want. Yeah, it's a plentiful corn yeah, harvest. They don't want toys or education. No, no, no. We need uh, plentiful corn. <laughs> we need Isaac, the Puritan leader, uh, walking around. I mean, he, he is. He's walking around in his his cult garb. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is the plan. Well, on the this infamous day after church, when all the children in town are out in the cornfield and none of the parents seem to care. Except um, Job and Sarah. Yeah, Sarah is homesick, mm-hmm. uh, and apparently she can see the future. Uh, she, you know, draws it in crayon as she's got a fever of a hundred and four. No, she has the gift. The gift of sight. She does. She is the shining, basically, <laughs> in Gatlin. Uh, so, eighteen-year-old Malachi leads the revolution to kill all of the over nineteen-year-old people as human sacrifices. In 1980, keep this in mind, 18-year-old Malachi leads the revolution in 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, Job and Sarah don't join the cult because, like I said, Sarah was sick, and Job is just a huge dweeb. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of a, of a, there's a Simpsons episode where it flashes back to Homer's, or to Homer's past, uh-huh. and all the other kids make a club called the No Homer's Club. Okay, and and he calls him on it. Wait, it says no homers. How can you let in Homer Klumpkin? It says no homers. We can have one. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what Job is here. Job's dressed like a little man. He's dressed like a little door to door dictionary salesman. Yeah, he as is. he's you know he's he's at the cafe with all the adults in town. Apparently, there's only mm-hmm. like 19 adults in town. Um, they're all there, and they're all he's getting his milkshake and. Malachi's playing pinball that everybody's everybody's strapping everybody's got their favorite <laughs> you know their favorite sharp weapon they poison the coffee they wipe out all the adults in town uh and just you I know, love, uh, the, the old lady the old lady before she keels <laughs> before she keels over mm, this is good coffee <laughs> like like just to remind the viewer that right. yes i am consuming coffee <laughs> right. and and yeah. by the way and i, it, I, ne- and it I never knew because it's poison i never knew that poisoning caused throat pain oh it does <laughs> it does because everyone was it's, like, oh, <laughs> my, my throat hurts. It's, it's just, they just put a lot of sriracha in it. It yeah. just burned as it went down. And, and these old people just, just can't take it. They just gargle with some salt water and they would have been fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or spit it out. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so one of the last images that Sarah is drawing in 1980 is the outside of a motel with a yellow Buick or something sitting in front. As we flash forward three years mm-hmm. to a hotel with an old yellow Buick sitting out front. Uh, here we meet Dr. Burt and Vicky. <laughs> uh, Vicky, by the way, is not a professional singer. Um, and they're, <laughs> and it's Burt's, I think it's his birthday. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, oh Linda, Linda Hamilton. Oh, what a, what a trooper. Yeah. She gave the old college try. She, she really she, did. She tried to sing like a sexy song to Bert and oh my it God. didn't work. Yeah. yeah he shriveled up Ooh, yeah. <laughs> in more so, ways than one. Yeah. His Audi went any. So, <laughs> uh, but they're on their way to Seattle via Nebraska. Uh, yep. cause that's where he's going to start his medical practices in Seattle. So we're going to drive cross country and we're just going to, you know, make, take the scenic route. Um, so we cut back to 
Gatlin as Joseph, who was not played by a young Paul Rudd. Although I did, I did trick Jenny into thinking it was. Uh, I, I didn't. See, I I see that now. I didn't think it at the time, but I could see that. We were watching it, and uh, he said something, and I go, "Oh, you're not going to survive, young Paul Rudd." And Jenny was like, "Is that really Paul Rudd?" I'm like, "No, it's not Paul Rudd." <laughs> he made his film debut in Halloween Six, not not Children of the Corn. And then Children um, of the Corn breaks into Mac and Me. Hello, <laughs> the Conan the wheelchair. Bit. Oh, yeah. 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 Despite the fact that Mac and Me came out four years after this, that's okay. That's all right. That's where they inspired by <laughs> Mac and Me was inspired by Children of the Court. Yeah. So uh, back in Gatlin, Joseph uh, decides he's going to flee Gatlin. He's going to, and I, he's not. I don't think he's Job and Sarah's older brother. I don't think so. I um, think he's just some other but, kid. But he's he's someone that's not necessarily in line with Isaac and Malachi's uh, religious beliefs. He's going to flee Gatlin, and he gets chased down in a cornfield because we all know how easy it is to chase a single person down in a cornfield. Um, but he gets chased down in a cornfield, uh, and is he's killed by Malachi. He's, mm-hmm. His throat is slit. Who yeah. Malachi? And you, know, and you know it because you see blood splatter across the yeah, suitcase. Yeah, yeah, just like we saw blood splatter on Job's face in the. Uh, in the diner at the beginning. There's, they really like their drips of blood splattering here. Um, it, was, it, was just Malachi, somebody, it was somebody just spit and sank a coffee up at him. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he, yeah, he's killed by Malachi, who should be 21 now, because three years ago he was 18. So he should be dead, uh, according to the rules of he who walks behind the rose. Um, so, <laughs> so, Cut back to Bert and Vicky. They're driving through Nebraska on an extremely straight highway. Vicky's trying to look at the map to find out where they are. Uh, Bert is trying to help her out as he, and this drives me nuts every single time I watch this movie, as we watch Bert look back at the road at least six times. He's looking at the map, back at the road, map, road, map, because he's driving. Like he's, he's an actor driving a car. He needs to be watching the road. And then out of nowhere... He runs into Joseph, who's standing in the middle of a road on a very straight Nebraskan highway that we just watched Dr. Burt check multiple times instead of looking at the map. So I don't know why he didn't see this dead boy standing in the middle of the road, but he plows him over. Uh, I made the made the comment pre-show that the movie really can't decide if it wants to be graphic or not. So far, all of the murders that we've that we've come witness to have been off screen. All of the all of the people that well, pretty much all the people that died in the diner, you know, were killed off screen. Joseph was killed off screen in the cornfield, you know. And then, then we watched this car there, well, just plow over this kid standing on the road. There was the scene again. They didn't show it, but of them shoving the 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 diner owner's hand into the like the oh, slicer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, they, they but then again. Yeah, at the last second, of course, it, it cuts to like you know like blood splattering. Right, someplace. it's like you know, and I get it probably for budget restraints. I I think the budget was like eight hundred thousand dollars for this movie. Well, or and like it that, was but... supposed to be bigger, but they had to cough up. Uh, I just read this this morning five hundred k to Stephen King at the last second. I I did his, I did to put his yeah, name on I, it. I read that too. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a kind of a douche move of of Mr. King's to. To be like, oh, by the way, uh, you know that money that you owe me, you're going to need to pay me more. Um, and so, yeah, the budget was cut a little bit. But, yeah, it did, they were just confused on how violent they wanted to actually be in the movie. 
Um, but that's okay. I don't think it takes away from any of its charm. Besides, there's 47 sequels you could watch that I'm sure have plenty more <laughs> gore in them. Um, so they run over Joseph, who's standing in the middle of the road. You know, of course they freak because they just ran over a human Yeah, they being. just ran over a kid in the middle yeah. of nowhere. You know, Dr. Burt goes and checks on him, gets a little sigh of relief. He goes, oh, thank God I didn't kill him. His throat was already slit. He was already uh, dead. <laughs> so <laughs> That could have been awkward. <laughs> so what do they do? Uh, Dr. Burt covers him with a blanket. Um, you know, Linda, Linda Hamilton falls asleep. <laughs> I think she like bumped her head in the accident. Oh, so. that's right. Yeah, she's concussed now. Uh, has a little has a little dream. Bert basically just picks up the dead body in his luggage and just tosses him in the back of the car. Yep, just um, throws him back there. While Vicky's having a dream. In her dream, which they don't really... You don't know it's a dream. It's a until, weird dream. <laughs> until the 1980s version of a horror film dream where you wake up at the end of the dream and then you realize as an audience member you've been oh, watching Oh, it's just a dream. So she's stumbling out. She can't find Bert anywhere. Uh, Malachi has come out of the cornfield, so we think he's going to attack her. He doesn't. Uh, she's calling for Bert. She sees the body underneath the blanket, and she's going to go up and check on it for some reason. And, of course, when she gets there, you know, Joseph's corpse sits up. The blanket falls off, and he reaches for it, and that's what startles her awake. I did read, and you probably read in the trivia, too, that Linda Hamilton was told there would be a mannequin under the blanket because of how hot it was they couldn't like it would violate child labor laws if they had a child out acting in that heat so they told linda hamilton there would be a mannequin under the blanket so she genuinely thought Mm. it was going to be a mannequin and so when he actually set up like that look of terror on her face was legit i love it when movies do that behind the scenes i know they did it in alien you know they didn't tell anybody about the chest burster scene and then you know so I, i love that just genuine reaction look on things um but I thought that was a fun little piece of trivia there. Um, <laughs> like tra- traumatizing an actor for an extra scare. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it's not like it's not like the you know the production crew went all like Stanley Kubrick on The Shining here. <laughs> uh, so you know, Linda, ha ha ha. She got scared by a dead kid. Um, she wakes up. You know, Bert, Doctor Bert. You know, who has now let his concussed girlfriend fall asleep in the car. Which back in the eighties, you weren't supposed to let concussed people fall asleep. Um, but you know, he was tending to this dead body. So they load him up in the, in the trunk and off they go. Well, we got to go find help. So I've gotten my notes the rest of the time. B and V, uh, I got tired of typing Bert and Vicky, <laughs> but, <laughs> but so Bert and Vicky, they're searching for a phone and they come across Deal's gas station. Deal has mm. been allowed to live by the children of Gatlin. Yep. The he one adult, there. the one adult that's gotten to yeah. keep his life. Yes, because he has gasoline that they need. I don't know why they need it. There was, yeah, did there, they ever show them using no, gasoline? No, they never show them using gasoline. I just Isaac gets mad at Malachi because you broke the pack. How are we supposed to get our gasoline now? I and the, nobody's driving a car. Like I don't know why they need it. Um, you know, there's no all, generators. They're probably all huffing gas. Probably that would they explain a lot. That would well, so it would. Would explain quite a bit. Uh, so they come across Deal Station. Uh, I don't have any gas. You can't use my bathroom unless you buy gas. And ha ha ha, you can't do that. Um, so he's basically, he's trying to steer Bert and Vicky away from Gatlin. Trying to tell him, hey, you know what? The next stop is just 19 miles down the road. You'll make it in no time. You know, and uh, well, what about Gatlin? Oh, you don't want to go to Gatlin. So uh, Bert and Vicky head off and 
this labyrinth of Nebraska. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is, it's an odd drive for them. <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand, and it's almost charming in a way that the kids have, they've put up like directional signs to Gatlin, like at every intersection. Mm-hmm. Gatlin, two miles this way. Ga- you know, it's like, that's kind of cute and very childish to be like, clearly you're not going to make it to Gatlin by going on those roads because you're going you know, a, a different direction. So it's kind of cute for them to, you know, almost like a kid putting up a lemonade, you know, like a lemonade stand sign, but only in their front yard. Like you, you, you if you don't promote, how are you supposed to get the, you know, the, the customers? <laughs> so it's kind of cute in that regard, but boy, for, for an intellectual person like Dr. Bird is like, at what point he gets so lost they're driving through cornfields. Yeah, he li- <laughs> literally ends up on, on a... At one what? point, they're on a dirt road, and then at yes. another point, he's literally in a cornfield. Yes, they're between rows of a cornfield. Like, yeah. <laughs> how did you take such a... Ro- like, you were on a paved highway, and you turned off to go find a town... Well, I will say... cornfield Vicky, road. Vicky was the one looking at the map. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, he can... And, pin that on vicky and he was probably yeah, still disoriented big. from her singing earlier probably that's why he that's why he was like hey you have a concussion please go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't take your sexy singing anymore there, Ser- seriously re- stop <laughs> vicky there's a reason why i haven't committed to you just yet <laughs> i keep you around because you are attractive but you can't sing and you can't read a map so you're no use for me on this cross-country trip to seattle um so while they're out driving around, Malachi shows up. Uh, kind of a cool thing because it—you could tell it was—it wasn't CGI, but it was still kind of film trickery. The, the clouds, like the clouds, the clouds yeah. are rolling I, I, in. I, on enjoy, deal. I, I enjoy like I the, thought, old, the old I thought school that was cool. effects. I do yeah. too. Kind of because it's not practical, but it's still physical. Yeah, uh, you know that they were splicing film, and I, I, yeah. I like that touch. So the storm clouds are rolling in on deal. You know, it's just you could tell that he who walks behind the rose is not happy with the, the arrangement. The supernatural is angry, right? <laughs> and and uh, Malachi kills deal. You know, off screen kills the dog. Yeah, uh, I come on, man. Why did they uh, have to kill the, Sarge? Well, I read that they originally were going to show Sarge's dead body under the hood of that truck. Yeah, like like his of, like his head was there or something, right? But they they just went with a bloody kerchief instead. Um, so, eh. but you know, so they've killed the last remaining adult. Uh, Dio couldn't figure out how to get away. I mean, it's, it's like all of this like child cult just seems to be Gatlin, Nebraska, and why? I, I mean, Dio could have left. He had a vehicle. What? And why was he working on a truck? There's been no adults through there in like three years. Why is? Why he's is probably he been working on that truck for three years. That was his only probably. way out. That's his decoy to, you mm-hmm. know, when people stop by. Um, so and, well, like and, said, he, and he couldn't use his phone because he had to buy gas first and he was out of gas. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm out of gas. It's this The rule is you got to buy gas. Oh, the old Gatlin pickle. Uh, so Bert <laughs> and Vicky are lost. They end up back at Deal's station. Uh, and that's when Bert's like, you know what? Forget whatever town we were going to. Let's just go to Gatlin. Um, so they roll into Gatlin. It's kind of a cool scene because the town seems abandoned. Mm-hmm. Everywhere Bert and Vicky look, like but we see the kids. It, it kind of gave me the vibe of that um, that part of Sin City where uh, 
Oh, what, what? I can't think of the character, but he rolls into the part of town where, like, the prostitutes run the town. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. they're all, like, on the rooftops. And, like, mm-hmm. so we see them, but they don't see yeah. them. Well, and some uh, like, like, the first-person shots of, like, kids, yeah. like, like, peeking out from right behind buildings right. and, like, looking through windows. I, I enjoyed yeah. that, too. Yeah, so it's just very predatory, um, mm-hmm. which falls right in line with, like, 80s horror. Like, every viewpoint of... Friday the Thirteenth movies is pretty much that perspective. You know, I, as you said, Friday the Thirteenth. I had the <sighs> right, exactly. <laughs> Especially the first one. You know, where yeah. it's not. You know, where our killer is not who we think it is. In case we cover that movie, I don't want to give spoiler alerts away for a <laughs> because fourth, because this podcast fourth. doesn't spoil anything. <laughs> ever. Well, we only we only spoil the movie we're talking about. I don't want to spoil a future movie. I'll spoil it then. Uh, the monkey so, like, lives in King Kong. right yeah the boat does not sink at the end of titanic yeah um so the town scene the town seems abandoned bert and vicky they find a house they find sarah alone in the house uh sarah who has not aged in three years no um none of the children have aged in three. none of them have and and so vicky decides she's going to stay with sarah and and uh um B Bert, I've got B in my notes. I first lost his track of his name because it because ma- it matters so much. Yeah, yeah, um, he's such a pivotal yeah. character. In this so pivotal Bert decides. Movie. Yeah, Bert's going to search the town. So you know, we catch Bert going. He's going through town. He checks out the school. He checks out the police station. There's corn stalks everywhere for some reason. Uh, no, you know, of course, no one to be found. Uh, Malachi and his followers. You know, in the in your in your beautifully shot low. Low hanging camera angled slightly up as like Malachi's right leg steps into view and then his machete drops into view. Like it's just this very 80s era like horror shot of like, oh, another establishing shot of the house. Oh, no, the killer's here. Um, They capture Vicky. Uh, They're going to sacrifice her to he who walks behind the rose. Mm -hmm. Um, They place her on a on a corn cross out in the cornfield and she's across from the policeman uh who was was the the blue the blue man the blue man like as if they don't right like none of these children who of course three years ago were 18 or younger nobody knew who the cop was like the blue man like he's a police (laughs) officer he's (laughs) because he's just a skeleton in a police outfit yeah (laughs) Um, he was he was probably auditioning for blue man group he probably was. You, you can see it behind him on the ground. There's those like PVC. There's some PVC tubes that he was probably playing yeah. at some point. Yeah. Boom, 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 paddles. His mouth was crammed with marshmallows too. So, you know, we cut back to Bert, who now Vicky's captured. Bert enters a church, and he unfortunately he interrupts Amos's 19th birthday party. It's my birthday. <laughs> complete with com- complete with carving a pentagram into his chest mm-hmm. and blood and blood drinking. Um, yep. You know, Rachel. Although Amos I will is, say that that speaking of blood drinking, that they made like a bowl a lot of corn out of like uh-huh. corn husks. Yeah. That was yeah. a good craft project. So like that would have in, in, yeah. in their spare time. These these are some like crafty kids. So like well, arts, and, arts and crafts hour goes a long way. It's 4-H. It's it's the 4-H yeah. group in Gatlin. Uh, that was that was there. that was clearly a blue blue medal right there or blue yeah. ribbon right there. Yeah, they won the they won the county contest uh-huh. for that for that but corn yes. corn husk bowl <laughs> the corn bowl. Uh, 
So Amos is like, I'm 19 now. It's my turn. I'm going to be sacrificed. <laughs> well, he's, to he he's who so walked. happy about it. Yeah. He's, he's excited. He's looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm an adult now. It's my turn. I, I get to go. Um, and Rachel is, you know, she's on board. Rachel's his girlfriend who really like, serves no purpose. Yeah, she's like mini cult leader. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's she's a like a Luke, disciple Luke, of... A lieutenant. Yeah, <laughs> she's lieutenant cult leader. So <laughs> Bert shows up, you know, and he's just like, hey kids, this is stupid. Like, you shouldn't carve things into your own chest and drink blood. You shouldn't do that. And, well, he's you know, talking Rachel's to him like, like, an, like an adult would. Right, and how <laughs> dare you. So Rachel's like, take this man, and like stabs him in the gut. <laughs> with, I'm think... guessing a knife made of corn. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a corn a... stock. They're sharp. It was a corn leaf. Good she thing stabs him in the gut with a corn, corn leaf. Corn allergy. <laughs> yeah, the guy's allergic to ethanol. I think she gets she gets him kind of in like like the like the upper upper chest because for the oh, rest of the, for the rest of the movie his he's favoring his right arm. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So, mm-hmm. she stabs him in a torso somewhere. Yeah. Um and then Malachi and crew chase him because Bert is fast. Yeah, he is. Like, like he is. He Peter can Hook, run, man. Yeah, I, my guess is the auditions for this movie were just a forty-yard dash. Yeah, <laughs> they let's, held let's, they held these at the NFL Combine. Let's see your shuttle run. <laughs> right. Yeah, Peter Horton actually was like a third-round projected draft pick. It was like a place kicker, <laughs> but he had a sweet forty. So you get to start short of the cord. Um, I'm trying to think of some other like NFL draft like buzz things. Like he's got great burst off the line. He's got a <laughs> right. got a, got a yeah. big big catch radius. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, you, his intangibles. He's got yeah. so many intangibles. <laughs> Knows how to high high point the ball. <laughs> and as a doctor, he scored really high on the Wonderlick test. So uh, all <laughs> the all, Wonderlick. <laughs> all 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 signs point to Peter Horton surviving this. Yeah, um, as as gets, he's been stabbed, yeah. gets, dra- gets drafted by, by the old Baltimore Colts. Exactly. <laughs> so he and ironically, though, uh, he's a graduate. He was a Cornhusker for Nebraska. That's the yeah, he was. He graduated University of Nebraska. So uh, runs a great option. He, as he's been stabbed in the chest, he takes off at a dead sprint out of this church. So fast that these 18-year-old kids can't chase him down. Malachi, who's 21, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, and Job, Job of all people, the dweeb from before, who also has not aged. Um, you know, he rescues him and takes him into hiding uh, with he and Sarah. And this is where Bert learns that Vicky's been captured and was going to be sacrificed to he who walks behind the rose. Um Isaac, you know, we cut back. Isaac is furious with Malachi for killing Deal because, mm-hmm. you know, you've broken our pack. Where are where are we supposed to get our gasoline now? We are young oh. and stupid. We cannot run a gas pump. Or Malachi, in his gigantic mouth, is like, we have enough gas. We don't need him. <laughs> Your um, Malachi sounds like very Schwarzenegger. In- it, it did come out a little yeah. Schwarzeneggerish, so... I apologize for that. <laughs> Those of you tuning into Children of the Corn thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing Malachi, it is not true. It's Courtney Gaines, uh, nephew of Chip and Joanna Gaines of Magnolia fame. Mm. Uh, may not be true, but I, <laughs> or, or <laughs> but Chris, you heard it here first. Or uh, was it Chris Gaines, the alter ego of, of Garth Brooks? <laughs> <laughs> it might be the same person. Yeah, it could. It's it could be. Younger, it's Chris Gaines' younger brother, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Malachi who's, who's also an alter ego of, of yeah. Garth Brooks. <laughs> right. Everybody's an alter ego of Garth Brooks. 
I the movie Identity with John Cusack is a is a Garth Brooks biopic. <laughs> have um, you have you been watching Moon Knight on Disney Plus? I have not. We don't have oh. Disney Plus. Oh, there's there's different. Uh, it's the five second version is a superhero with dissociative identity disorder. Okay, so Garth Brooks. Yeah, so Garth Brooks, <laughs> a, la, a la Identity with John Cusack, right? Do they play a lot of Thunder Road? Oh, and, it's it's and I got and, and I got friends in low places. That's that's those are the only songs <laughs> in the whole soundtrack. It's actually Oscar. it's actually just Os, Oscar Isaac at a Garth Brooks concert. <laughs> but the camera's not on Garth Brooks; it's on Oscar it, no, Isaac it, no, singing yeah, in the, in it's, the it's crowd. On, it's on him watching a, a Garth Brooks concert, and it's an entire like eight episode series. Yeah, <laughs> each 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 episode a different song, forty five minutes each. Yeah, I mean the right. total the total budget was still nearly two hundred million dollars. <laughs> That's Garth Brooks. Yeah, like you got to pay for Trisha Yearwood to be around. Mm-hmm. She's not going to pay for herself. <laughs> She's actually not even on screen. She's just a consultant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sp- special thanks to Trisha Yearwood. <laughs> right. Thanks, Trish. Uh, <laughs> so Malachi is realizing that. Wait a minute. I am way bigger and stronger than you are, Isaac. So. Uh, I'm going to take over now. So Malachi, being tired of being the henchman, uh, decides I'm in control now. After three years. Right. Three years of the... Really, like, how much have they done in three years? Like, I'm curious, like, have have there been adults that they've murdered throughout the three years to sacrifice? I don't know. Well, Uh, I mean, they've been productive. The corn is growing in the fields. Right. There may be a prequel. One of those 47 sequels may actually be a prequel, so... Uh, there might be a backstory to mm-hmm. Isaac. I'm not sure. Children of the Corn ate field tilling. Right. <laughs> right. Isaac's rise or something. <laughs> um, so Malachi decides, no, no, we are not sacrificing Vicky. We're sacrificing Isaac. Because in reality, the ac- the actor playing Isaac is 24 and qualifies for sacrifice for sacrifice yeah so also qualifies isaac, for also qualifies for aarp discounts he does I, isaac warns malachi if you do this you will break the pack with he who walks behind the roads isaac is he's he must be some kind of like contract attorney he is big on these packs mm. you've broken the pact with deal you've broken the pact with he who walks behind the roads like like he just you know, he, he's got an accounting firm and he's keeping track of all these contracts <laughs> that they run. <laughs> Do no, you need an this. attorney? Call. <laughs> right. Call. 877-ISAAC. Today. <laughs> right. right. You, know, you know, like, he's like a few years away from like talcum powder commercials. Um, <laughs> Has your apprentice broken his pack with an evil being? Do you Call have mesothelioma? Do, do you suffer from mesothelioma? <laughs> so Isaac warns Malachi, if you do this, you will break the pack with he who walks behind the rose and we will all be punished. And Malachi's like, I don't care, bro. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> right. So it's nighttime now and, and Bert's hatched a plan that he's going to go at night to rescue Vicky uh, from the cornfield sacrifice. And... Um, you know, he shows up and, you know, we see Vicky's not up there. Instead, Isaac's up there. And during Isaac's sacrifice, uh, the entire special effects budget is on screen here as this light appears and just devours Isaac. Um, like, the, like the blob comes, like the yeah, animated blob. Right. I'm, I do have a soft spot in my heart for the, like we talked earlier, these 
80s special effects mm -hmm. that aren't CG. Like, think of, like, you know, going all the way back to episode one with Big Trouble in Little China. Like, the lightning bolts. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's just fun. It's just goofy, and you're drawing on the film, and it's, you know, it's, it's but this is bad. You know, this is, this is, this is bad. Um, so this light shows up and devours Isaac. We assume it's he who walks behind the rose. We're not really sure. Bert, again, one-handed Bert. Because yeah. Bert, again, was stabbed in the chest. One-handed Bert overpowers Malachi, who's been the brute force of this cult for three years. Oh, yeah. Everybody he, fears Malachi. And yet he's put on the shelf by Bert. <laughs> uh, I would have been I would have been more on board if Bert from Rocky uh, would have <laughs> been the one taking Malachi out. But no, it's one-armed Peter Horton um, takes out Malachi and somehow quickly convinces all the kids... To leave the cult and just run. Yeah. Just run after, away. After three years in this intense belief system. Yeah. Just, all it takes is one adult to be like, hey, you kids need to get out of here. Oh, okay, sir. Um, <laughs> they all take off. Isaac reappears. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And he's and now I Isaac's not in good shape now. No, he's very demonic now. He has been resuscitated by he who walks behind the rose. Ah, uh, because they uh, have that pact. Yeah. And he basically... Because he, he's... You know, you can't really fault him. Is he a cult leader? I don't know. See, he's been telling these kids for three years that I, I'm i the only one that can speak to he who walks behind the rose. I've made a pact with him. And if you know, So it all definitely leads to cult-like behavior. However, he who walks behind the rose is legit. Yeah, like, he's real. Right, so Isaac's kind of a hero in a way. Like, he saved all these kids from demise. Um, no, not really. So he comes back and he's very demonic and he's got a gravelly voice and Malachi's just having a rough night. Oh yeah. Bad he's night he's for Malachi. Yeah. He's already been, he's already been, you know, pushed to the ground by one arm Bert. Yeah. And now Malachi or now Bert, Isaac is like, go ahead. Is this if Bert beat up a kid? Right. Bert beat up. Well, he's 21 now. He's not <laughs> He's just somehow <laughs> depending on what depending on what math you're following here, yeah. Right. He's somehow slipped through the cracks of the "you must be sacrificed at 19." Poor um, Amos. Right. I think they they pulled a fast <laughs> Amos, one on Amos. Amos fell for it. Oh, Amos. Malachi is like, hey, I'm spicy, and the, he who walks <laughs> does not like sp the spice. Uh, <laughs> and so Isaac tells him, "You're gonna have." So Malachi gets his neck snapped, uh, yeah. you know, by by Isaac, demonic Isaac. Uh, and now a storm has arrived. We get really, we get a really cool special effect of like the ground starts rising up, mm -hmm. and this like almost like there's a tremor out there in the rose, like uh, not really a tremor, you know, because whatever they called in the movie, um, you know, like the like the underground like worm sand, from sandworms, yeah, yeah, you know. So it's just this really cool like. The ground's bubbling up. Did you read how they did that special effect? Yeah, they like put like a wheelbarrow on a track and yeah, it covered it with like like tarp and dirt and stuff and like pushed it under there. Well, I'm like genius, you yeah. know, like it, it worked. It was pretty. It was a pretty cool thing, yeah. you know. So you've got this. You got the. You know, the, he who walks behind the rose is fed up, and uh, you know, a storm has arrived. Bert and Vicky hide the children in a barn. Uh, Job says, hey, read this. So apparently there's something in the Bible about this. <laughs> so Bert's reading a Bible passage, um, you know, and Job tells him, hey, uh, the blue man, uh, he was setting, I've never heard this term before I, outside of this movie, gasohol. 
Um, like, I I looked it up on Wikipedia. Like, it, it's legit. It's it basically it's another term for corn for like ethanol. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I so, assumed as well. By the right, way, I, so I was the, pausing you for a second. Do we see Evil Isaac again? No. He so he's just he's there. He snaps Malachi's neck, and then he's like, "See ya." Right, peace. Uh, but no, we don't see him again, and that's it's. I'm assuming he is the embodiment of he who walks behind the rose, uh, kind of like, um, you know, like Reagan is the embodiment of Captain Howdy in The Exorcist. Okay, uh, you know that he's he's kind of confined there. Like he still needs to be behind the rose, but now he's just an Isaac form. But no, we do never see him again. Uh, so Bert's reading the Bible, and Job is. Telling him, hey, wait, I got a better plan. Uh, the cop was going to light the cornfield on fire, but Joe, but Malachi killed him before he got a chance to. So why don't we try that? So, you know, Bert hands the Bible over to Vicky. She's reading it and realizes, wait a minute. That is what's supposed to happen. I kind of got ahead of myself there. Vicky reads the Bible and realizes the cornfield must be destroyed if we're going to stop HWWBTR, he who walks behind the roads. Uh, <laughs> the the so message Bert, there is... The answers to everything are in the Bible. They're in the Bible, especially mm-hmm. in Nebraska Corn Belt. Yep. Everything, the answer to everything's in the Bible. It's, it's in the not Bible. 40. Douglas Adams says the answer to everything is 42, uh, but not in the Bible, not in the Corn Belt. Well, he, pro- uh, so, he probably meant like like Matthew 42. <laughs> right, Psalm 42. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Bert sprays the, somehow sprays the entire cornfield with gasoline. Um and then tosses a Molotov cocktail into the field, which destroys the field and destroys <laughs> well, the he demon. Tosses, he tosses it twice because the first oh, yeah, time, I forgot. the first time it doesn't break, and then Job runs, <laughs> he grabs it, yeah. brings it back to him. Try again. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the, the second throw. It's, Peter it's, Horton, who was like taking out a whole town full of kids, can't throw a bottle to break. Yeah, and, he, and nor can he retrieve the bottle himself. <laughs> right. Go get it, Job. Good boy. <laughs> After he's been sprinting everywhere throughout right. the movie, he, he can't. He's out of he, gas. <laughs> or gas a hall. Right. He's out of gas a hall. <laughs> he's out of gas a hall. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, they blow. He throws the Molotov cocktail, blows up the field. Presumably kills the demon. You know, we win. Yay. Yay. Hooray. Uh, you know, Vicky, Bert, Sarah, and Joe return to the car. You know, Vicky and Bert, who, again, are not engaged. Bert has made no indication of of committing to Vicky and her terrible singing voice. I've decided, you know what? Hey, let's just take these two kids with us. They're, they can be our kids. Uh, so they get back to the car. They find the car is, has been disabled. It's got corn stalks in it now yep. whatever you know Bert gets in and rachel's hiding in the back seat oh rachel uh, Ra- rachel is still mad at Bert for breaking up amos's birthday party uh and you know so she goes to attack him in what could be one of the most anticlimactic final scenes in a horror film like rachel goes to attack Bert. Bert fights her off, jumps out of the car. Rachel comes to jump out of the car after him, and Vicky just shuts the door on her. <laughs> Apparently so hard that it knocked her out, hit her in the head and knocked her out. They make some dumb joke about, you know, should we check to see if she's okay? And Vicky's like, we'll send her a get well card from Seattle. 
And then and then the four of them leave. Vicky, Bert, Sarah, and Job. They just somehow leave Gatlin. As the, credit, no, as the credits are rolling. As the credits roll. <laughs> like we like it all this happened in the span of a day. We yeah. don't know how they got out of Gatlin. We don't know where any of the other murderous children have run off to. Where, we're evil, not where sure. evil Isaac is. Like is he? Yeah, still we're not there? sure where Isaac is. But we're good. We're good. Let's. We're going now. That's so it. roll. It's all, it's roll all the budget over. we got. I mean, I'm assuming. We have, that, as we talked about before, I'm assuming they just shot this in one day. Yeah, and, I think and, they and, probably and, did. And, and, every, and everything was shot in sequence. They just went with right. the sun. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any lights, so, yeah, so uh, that's it. Roll credits, and we're out of film, so yeah. let's just roll film. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, and and Rachel's <laughs> unconscious. We should probably do something right. about that. <laughs> but we'll leave our car here. It's fine. Uh, and that's it. That's 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 Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn, our latest addition to Creepy Kids in Movies Month. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's just such a guilty pleasure. I I love I love an eighties horror film, yeah. and I definitely love an eighties horror film of this ilk. It's not high enough on it's it's not high enough on the importance meter to like have a story or make a moral decision. Like it's not life changing by any means, mm-hmm. but it had enough of a following because of Stephen King's involvement that it wasn't like a forgotten one either. You know, there's so many, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are hundreds of eighties horror films that I've never even heard of, let alone seen. And this, this finds itself into that sweet spot of right there in the middle. If you got an hour and a half and you don't care this is like a perfect way to spend yeah, your there's, time. There's worse movies to see. Yeah. It's, you know, you don't have to pay attention. There's no, there, there's no secondary story behind it. I, I made the comment in my movie marriage about the Iranian revolution. I read that on Wikipedia that apparently <laughs> when, um, uh, I think it was Ayatollah Khomeini, I think it may not be Khomeini, but it was one of the Ayatollahs. Um, when he was trying to form a revolution over in Iran, he basically had convinced a lot of the upper teenage children that this, you know, this was for their benefit. And so, the, you know, the because the the screenwriter, Stephen King had written a, a script for this film and the producers threw it out because like the first third of the movie was the car ride and just Bert and Vicky arguing. Um, you know, I guess to establish why they aren't committed yet. And yet, of course, going through all this emotional turmoil, they're going to end up together on the other side but you know the studio was like no we don't we're not going to spend a third of our movie driving in a car with adults arguing like we need to get to the action so um i'd read that the the script writer was influenced by the iranian revolution and that's where a little bit of his but i'm like stephen king wrote this book before you wrote the script so i don't believe any of that but whatever it made for a fun movie marriage uh but yeah it's just it is it's it's uh it's a dumb movie but it's okay like it's fun dumb you know yeah it's just fun dumb the it acting does, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't clock in too long no no it's it's quick it's tight you're in you're out you're you're going to forget but you're going to remember you saw it and and it's just it's there it's not stretched out over days it's it's basically the afternoon in this town mm-hmm. you and, were about uh, to mention something about the acting Oh, and the acting was adequate. I mean, it was it wasn't so bad that it turned you off from the film, but it wasn't also, you know, award worthy either. Yeah. I think it's it's a perfect vehicle for young actors 
uh, like Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton, who have gone on to do better things. Um, you know, but the movie itself, it's not it's not ruined by their performance. You know, for instance, like Jennifer Aniston's in the first Leprechaun movie, but she's forgettable in that because that movie's about the Leprechaun. This movie's about V's too. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of fun to to see that, you know, dynamic play out. I don't, plus, you know, let's not kid ourselves. You and I are children of the 80s. Yeah. So a movie like this, I mean, this is what we were brought up on. This is what well, I was brought up well, on. Well, and this was basically like, like, although you and I grew up in different small towns in Illinois, yeah, like this is basically the town each of us grew up. In. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's not a whole lot different between between your hometown and my hometown. Mm-hmm. Other than we're on just opposite sides of I-80. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Well, at this point in the show, uh, Oz and I will uh, give our own unique rating as to the movie we've been discussing. In this case, 1984's Children of the Corn. Oz, how would you rate? Children of the Corn. Uh, I'd give this six blood splatters. Six blood splatters? Yeah. Okay. Six of them. Okay. I'm going to go with, uh, let's go, f- 58 corn husks. <laughs> there you go. 58 corn husks. 58 I, corn I, husks. I've told you before, I've seen this movie so much that we, Jenny and I watched it late the other night, and I... It was one of those, like, we're watching it, and we're both like, oh, we're getting kind of tired. And I checked the runtime, and there are only, like, 20 minutes left. And we're like, oh, we might as well finish it, you yeah. know? Like, it just, it, it was moving. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of fell asleep. But I when I woke up, the uh, end credits had started. And I actually rewound it about seven minutes just to catch, like... Cause it's like, oh, I want to see, I want to see Rachel get hit by the car door. Like, I want to see. <laughs> I just, I remember as a kid, I do remember the first time I saw this, only because I, as a youngster, I bought into the getaway, and I thought when Bert got in the car, he was safe. And I remember being freaked out when Rachel mm. popped up behind. Well, it was, it was the the, you know, the eighties and even nineties yeah. to a large degree, like the one last jump scare. Yeah. We got one more scare and I remember falling for it as a kid. Cause you know, it, the story's over. We're good. And Rachel was a forgettable enough character. Mm-hmm. that You didn't think twice about where she was, especially when like outside of Isaac and Malachi, Rachel was the only other one that really got any screen time. Yeah. Well, it um, was named. And that was really, yeah, and it was only in that scene at the church. So she was pretty much a goner. And then we saw all the kids scatter. So we thought, well, maybe Rachel. You, didn't, you just didn't mm-hmm. think about Rachel. So for her to pop up, I do remember that scaring me as a kid. Um, not enough to be afraid of the backseat of a car, but yeah. enough to be like, it just, it startled me and I didn't see it coming. And then to watch it again this time and be like, oh man, that was a, qu- that was a quick demise for her. Like, <laughs> just... Locker in the car. Done know? in by like, a car door. Right, right. Yo, oh, well, that's it. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it's just a fun movie. I'm glad, I'm glad I switched. Because remember, originally I had taken this out of the rotation and added a different one. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I went back. <laughs> I just also realized that, that, that Joseph's body is still mm-hmm. in the back of that car, too. Yeah, so, that was, that was one of my huns. Uh, I have five of them. That was one. Okay. I'm sorry I just took so one of your huns. No, no, it's okay. I've seen there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of huns <laughs> in this movie. Speaking I, of, so it, as we start to wrap up the show, uh, we get to our three, two, one segment where Oz and I each share three goods, two bads, and one, huh, about the movie we've been talking about. Oz, what are your three goods for Children of the Corn? 
Uh, my first one is, it's just such a tight film with yeah. just a brisk runtime. Um, it's not trying to do any more than what it is. The movie takes place over the course of like a day, like an afternoon. Um, and that it's in and it's out and they're not, there's no extra scenery. It's just, there, there was really nothing you could peel out of this movie. Um, you know, there was no filler. It just, it was tight. You know, it, like I, like I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, you know, when we were getting tired and looked like we've already been watching this movie for like an hour and 10 minutes. Like it just, it, it just, it just moves. It moves right along. Uh, just, it's almost as fast as Peter Horton. Um, <laughs> almost nothing's almost. as fast as Peter no. he, run, he runs a four four forty Oz. right you know if you and uh, i i have i would have i would have think that if dc would have launched their tv show and movie line in the 80s peter horton would have been the flash oh yeah they wouldn't have had to use any special effects either it would have no. been believable <laughs> The special effects would have been in the physical ability to keep the camera on pace with Peter Horton. Yeah, they just they didn't have the technology to keep the camera up with right. Peter Horton. Yeah, the special effects are how can we speed Peter Horton up from his jog? Because when he runs, he's faster than our vehicle. <laughs> or, or it could be how how do we slow Peter Horton down? <laughs> right, that's our special effect. Because the camera shutter is just not keeping up. <laughs> When you watch him sprinting, that's actually slow-mo Peter Horton. <laughs> so that's my first good. It's just how tight the film is. Like, it's just, yep. it's you're in, you're out. Yep. My second one is uh, Malachi is the ultimate creepy kid. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, Courtney Gaines' performance in here is, uh, I'm not going to call it legendary, but it's memorable. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, he's, I mean, he's, and he's, you could argue he's made a career out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a fine actor. He, um, I, I love his role in the Burbs. Um, yeah. You know, where he's just, it, well, I'm sure at some point on our on our quest to twenty thousand, the we'll road the to twenty thousand. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, his performance, and I even read that uh, in his audition, he came into audition. And he pulled out a knife and took like one of the production's assistants hostage, um, and it, I think that was part of his audition. Mm-hmm. Is that's what he wanted to do is just scare them. And I guess his performance, like even like even made his parents very unsettled because that's not the Courtney that they knew. So kudos to Courtney Gaines and his Malachi performance. I think out of ev- everything in this movie that has stood the test of time in a pop culture way it's probably malachi oh i couldn't uh, yeah i couldn't agree more and just his delivery of outlander (laughs) we have your woman right with his mick jagger steven tyler mouth like it is it's like is that is his mouth open or did he swallow a like a bullhorn like (laughs) he got one of those one of those dog cones you put around an injured dog's neck (laughs) stuck in his mouth right it's like he's an orthodontist dream like <laughs> open know? wide oh my I goodness can, we can go arms deep in here <laughs> uh, so uh you know malachi as a creepy character uh is definitely uh yeah. one of my goods and my third is i love just the crazy rules of horror film um especially in the 80s like this movie has a like a psychic little sister demons that live in the corn Apparently, these children have survived for three years and no one's investigated. Um, dogs dogs that can read wrench sizes. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> deals right. tuning up the car and, he, you know, and, he, and 
and he calls for a different size wrench and then Sarge brings over the right one. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, oh, only, only in an eighties movie would you have a dog that, you know, that can read, <laughs> that can read the size of a wrench measurement and tell the, the t- difference between standard and metrics. <laughs> <laughs> right. So those are my three goods. The crazy rule of horror films is uh, being my third. What about yes. you? What are your three? Uh, my three goods. I'm going to start with, uh, I, I just, uh, I love all the little first person shots in this movie. And, and you used a great word to describe it earlier, like predatory, like the first person shot of Malachi watching them from the edge of the of the edge of the corn near the beginning. You know, the first person shots of of them kind of stalking Peter Horton's Bert character, you know, as he's making his way through town. Like like you're, you're literally seeing through their eyes and kind of how they perceive things and just how, how creepy they are to to again reference our, our monthly theme here. But it's just just fun little ads. And, and it made this movie well, extra watchable. And it's so, like, from a filmmaker perspective, it's so simple to do. You oh, literally yeah. just put the camera where you want, you know, like, you don't even, like, you reference, you show one shot of Malachi standing in the corn and then put the camera where he's at, and you're going to sell the audience every time, you know? Um, and, and so it, it's just such a simple technique mm. that is effective, especially in a horror film. Yeah. Uh, my second good is, uh, and this is going to come up next week with our with our movie next week as well. Okay. But uh, the uh, the like music that has like chanting or like kids oh, yeah. ki- kids singing right. like oh yeah I lo- <laughs> love it yeah just just a, a chorus of children yeah and Poltergeist has it yeah yeah Pol- Poltergeist has it too only in a much more lullaby form which yeah. is still super creepy. But yeah, it was huge in the eighties. Oh so yeah, let let's get kids chanting on our soundtrack for this horror yeah. film. And, and, it, and it's sold. cliche. It's cliche oh, now. It's, now, I know. now it is. It's, but it's great. It, it, it works so well in just a kitschy kind of way. You yeah, know, for, for but this yeah, movie. It, it definitely comes in next week for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's an understatement <laughs> for next week's. Um, and then my last one is the the physicality of Peter Horton's acting. Uh, whether it, whether it's showing off his his sprinter speed out of the blocks, or uh, him him ch- running at full speed, there was that scene where he tripped over something. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah, and, like, like he and, bit and, it. And, and oh yeah, and he took a header, like an intentional yeah. header, and like <laughs> and then and then uh, along with that, Peter Horton's uh, dead arm acting because uh, the scene in the church where Rachel stabs him kind of in the upper torso on his right side so he's kind of got his right arm pinned against himself for the rest of the movie and I will say he's yeah. consistent about it so you know, yeah he is so, you know yeah. like, you, you see all the time in like like movie goofs like like someone's injured like they right. roll an ankle and then the next scene they're 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 fine no he's favoring that arm throw out everything so they he, he's able to keep that continuity um in mind as he's acting in the rest of these scenes regardless of what order they shot it all in but right. yeah the, the physicality of peter horton's acting is is something yeah. to uh to tip the hat to yeah good for you peter horton yeah all right uh all right oz what are your two bads uh my two bads. My first one I referenced earlier. I just it drives me nuts, and I didn't catch it the first time I watched it, or probably even the thirteenth time I watched it. But it, it bothers me every time I watch it now, and that is watching Bert and Vicky drive down that highway, checking the map, and watching yeah. Bert. And this is and this is not this is an actor choice. This is not a character choice. But yeah. just the safety of him driving while looking at a map. Um, you know, a lot of times in Hollywood they'll attach that car 
to to a rig and then they'll drive the rig and just mm-hmm. the car you know but it's like they weren't doing that budget wise he was driving down a straight highway and so to see peter horton not bert but to see peter horton check the road as many times as he did while looking at the map yet never turning the steering wheel like there's a curve and then the surprise in the characters when he looks up you know which if you're not paying as much attention, you're going to buy into. But when he looks up and then plows over Joseph in the road, it's like, we just, I just watched the actor check the road mm. numerous times. Um, and so that's one, and it's, it's nitpicky and whatever, but it's just like, once you catch it, it's hard not to yeah, see it. It's, it's hard to, to not pay attention to when it. you're like, how did you not see that kid standing in the road? I just watched you look. Uh, so that's one. And then my second one is just Vicky's stupid song in the hotel. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it is grating. It, it It's appalling. Kudos to Limbo Hamilton for selling it as well as she did. But I you're right. argue she, was she trying, didn't, but... <laughs> but... Well, she tried. She tried she, 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 she Yeah, yeah, she tried. But, but she got in, and you're right. It was supposed to be like, I'm going to sing this sexy little song for my man. And it's like, it, it, it was an awful song to begin with. And then her rendition of it is even worse. Um, and so... It, it was it was bad it was bad uh mm-hmm. those are my two bads how about you yeah my two bads are first of all everything about the deal character like why like that the character had no purpose whatsoever and rg armstrong's <laughs> his version of the character was just so over the top and like hammy and just didn't fit with the rest of the movie at all like like it like the whole character basically just existed to drive a wedge between isaac and malachi and yeah like that's that's really the only purpose that he did and it was like another adult for bert and vicky to talk to and it kind of let right I guess led them to gatlin but they would have ended up in gatlin anyway so like right that's all the road signs pointed to gatlin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like it, it, like ultimately, his character only existed to increase the tension between Malachi and Isaac, which again right. would have happened anyways. Yeah, I wonder, and again, I haven't read, I haven't read Stephen King's story. I wonder if the Deal character is a character in the story, or if mm-hmm. it was just created for the movie. Because uh, I'm sure King's story is more fleshed out than yeah. what everything we ended up with. So there may be more to that character in the original narrative. But you're right. I definitely agree that he was extraneous. Yeah, Un- unnecessary. Uh, and my my other bad is um, something we we didn't mention earlier was as they're they're flipping on the radio earlier in the film, they keep coming across these like you know these like great plains kind of kind of holy roller preachers yeah, like you tele- know tele televangel yeah, yeah like like the eight, you know the the late 70s and 80s was you know like televangelism was was just a huge thing and it was kind of like that just like the radio version of it mm-hmm. and and Bert you just wanted nothing to do with it you could tell he had this disdain right. for these televangelists and you kind of get the idea that Bert isn't too big on organized religion right and, and so my bad here is that how quickly at the end where they come across the Bible passage he's like how, how quickly he accepts the supernatural <laughs> and like oh well well at this Bible verse I mean it, it says it all so right like, like he takes his direction from the thing he doesn't believe in right I think you've given more thought to this film than even the filmmakers gave <laughs> <laughs> like you pulled something from the beginning of the movie and tied it to something at the end I know right yeah yeah, and, and, <laughs> and that doesn't yeah that doesn't necessarily go as far to see that Bert's been converted, but I think he's 
what he's seen play out before him is like, whoo, power of religion. Yeah, but like he's a man of science. He's a doctor. Yeah, like, oh, like, absolutely. And, and then, okay, well, we just, we got to do what the Bible says and then and then everyone will be saved. Right. So, huh. okay. <laughs> I mean, not that this movie doesn't take any liberties with anything else, but. <laughs> well, no, but, and I, and honestly, I'll admit, I've never read the Bible, so I don't know if there's a part in the Bible about burning a cornfield with a Molotov cocktail, but, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's towards the back. <laughs> Bert got the gist of it, so <laughs> it's it's it was in a couple of the pages that stick together all the time. <laughs> the Gideons had that section removed. Yeah. <laughs> There's always one page torn out. <laughs> it's always that one. He, <laughs> reference of he who walks behind the rose. Yep, it's in there. All right, Oz, what's your what's your one huh of all of the um, many huhs from Children of the Corn? <laughs> I've I've got a plethora here, but I'm gonna go with. Um, I'll come back around to the other three, maybe. Okay. But the one, and this was Jenny's when we finished watching it. She goes, she goes, who plants the corn every year? Yep. <laughs> and I go, you're right. Corn's not an annual. It's, it's yeah. a perennial plant. And <laughs> Gatlin, it's an annual. It just comes right. back up every year. Right. Who who plants that corn every year? Like, it's that's how corn works. You have to plant it. Um, and you can't, you know, and... And so that was, that was her, like, her original hunt was what happened to all the, all the bodies, like all the adults that you murdered. But then they, they do cover that, that they sacrificed all those bodies to he who walks by the road. So I'm like, okay, there's your fertilizer. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> he who goes the to the John Deere store for a new carburetor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He, he who has a lease on the combine. Uh, but <laughs> He who but prefers like, international over John Deere. <laughs> right. So that's that's my question is, uh, how, who plants that corn every year? Because these are all children. That's a, that's, um, a, that's, a, that's a solid question. Right. All right, my my huh is takes place again, kind of towards the beginning of the film, but we we kind of glossed over this a little bit earlier. But like, so you know, they just hit Joseph, and Vicky takes gets a bump on the head, and Bert goes to investigate the body, and then Vicky has this dream, and you're not led to, you know, it's it, right. you don't know it's a dream early on, right? And so you know, the the payoff is the jump scare of Joseph's body sitting up and kind of lunging towards her. Mm-hmm. However, there's a scene or a little just a little earlier where. Malachi is like stalking her right yeah and how would she know that there's someone there holding a knife with the shadow exactly in the same silhouette of Malachi like she's never seen Malachi she didn't I know I she, she didn't I know that, that too she didn't know the kid's throat had been slit so how right. was she to know in her dream that there would basically be Malachi there stalking her around this car. That's my right. Hope. Which is which is why this is such a bad dream sequence. Yeah. Until he sits up and we see her wake up, everything that plays out legit should be happening. Yeah. We know Malachi killed Joseph in the field, so to see Malachi come out of the corn and have his silhouette, like all of that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You, because you're right, like, she's never seen Malachi, and she, she's she been knocked out, so she doesn't know what Bert knows. Um, but yeah, it, I'm with you there. I thought that, too. Like, why did we see Malachi in this dream sequence? She doesn't know what Malachi looks like. Mm-hmm. And why is she seeing, and, and why is she seeing herself in the dream sequence? Maybe. Oh, I got it. Because she has a connection with Sarah later on. Maybe right. she also has the gift of sight. 
right? You've got the bite. (laughs) (laughs) That might be it. That's probably it. Zangaya. (laughs) Your mother ate my dog. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to do that movie. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that was Children of the Corn. Yeah, some of the other huns that I had are uh-huh. what do what did the, what are the kids eating for three years? Uh, corn, just corn, corn. <laughs> and, and, it's, and not sweet corn. They're eating they're eating feed corn. It's, it's yeah. feed corn. Yeah, <laughs> it's feed corn. <laughs> why do the kids not age? Why, why do the kids not age over this three year gap? And then my last one, what you know, I, one that we covered earlier is. Uh, Bert and Vicky still have Joseph's body in the trunk. <laughs> He's still there. <laughs> but they oh, leave yeah. the car in Gatlin, so. <laughs> and then my last one was like, how did they all leave at the end? Like, did they, like how'd they leave? I don't know. It, you're, I get the idea like, with that dumb line that, that uh, Linda Hamilton throws out there. It's like, we'll send you a postcard from Seattle. I was right. waiting, and as the credits started rolling, I was waiting for like Benny Hill music to start up. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funnier when they're all chasing Bird around town. Yeah. <laughs> When he comes running out of the church wounded, and <laughs> Malachi and crew, they speed it up to make it even faster. <laughs> and they're crisscrossing on the screen. <laughs> right? They end up running into each other at one point. They're checking different doors like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> there's there's a, a British police officer there for some reason. <laughs> yeah, his pants fall down. Like, it's all good. <laughs> He's the blue man. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but, but yeah, that's you're right. That's Children of the Corn. Yep. Week three of creepy kids in film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie's just fun. It's yeah. it's not it's not good, and it's not supposed to be good. You're not supposed to think fine. about it like like I clearly no. did. No, right? No, but it's but that's the fun of it. Is like it quickly crumbles into a million pieces the moment you start giving it any thought. Yeah. Like, you know, I have more huns than I do goods. Like, and that's just because it's like. So many unanswered questions, but that's what movies like yeah, this are yeah, for. You just, just, you, you just sus- watch them. You suspend yeah. your disbelief and just watch yeah. and enjoy. Yeah, you just watch them. And if you start picking it apart, then you're a jerk because that's not <laughs> that's not what this movie is for. Not that you picked it apart because, I mean, that's our job. But, you know, like to be like, you know, to end the movie and sitting there all like angry. Like, what's wrong? Oh, what have those kids been eating for three years? <laughs> you know, it's like, shut up. Like, just enjoy the movie, you know. It's an enjoy an afternoon with Bert and Vicky. (laughs) (laughs) As much as they enjoyed it. Right. They had a blast. Well, they got two kids out of the deal. Yeah, they they did. Uh, In fact, there's another, huh? Is it they pretty much committed to legally adopting them? Right. And, but on the bright side, there's no diapers to change. So, and, you know, those kids have definitely, you know, they've, they've stepped up. Like, they've, if you're going to be adopted by anybody, it's going to, you know, good for you guys. doctor headed out to seattle mm-hmm. like and, and you know and his, and his talented girlfriend who's got a, who's got a future right. in the performing arts as well the, the, the songstress <laughs> vicky voluptuous vicky Ugh. uh but 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 yeah that's that's like i said that's children of the corn week three uh what do we have next week? <laughs> next week we have the uh, i would argue the penultimate creepy kid in yeah. movies oh yeah the 1976's Richard Donner film, mm-hmm. The Omen. Yeah, Gregory so Peck. Oh yeah. Oh, he is a he is a handsome man. That Gregory. He Peck. is. This this is a great film. It, oh, yeah. I mean, it's you know it for 
for the entire, you know, suspend your belief to watch Children of the Corn. Like, The Omen, like you said, it's a, it's a thinking cap kind of movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to analyze everything in The Omen because Richard Donner probably paid a little more attention uh, <laughs> to, de- to what he was to making. detail than Children of the Corn. <laughs> right, right. They weren't leaving it up to, to Peter Horton to remember your arms hurt. Like yeah. Peter Horton's probably like <laughs> that I really probably remember <laughs> that really pulled the movie together. Peter, yeah, I Peter Horton's probably, dead arm acting. Yeah. He probably at some point's like, I should probably remember my arms hurt because I don't think anybody else remembers. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered Peter Horton. Yeah, I thank you, Peter Horton. So uh but yeah, I I, lo- I I do. The Omen is one I have not seen as many times as Children of the Corn. Uh, but it is, it's still a, a, a great one. You're right. I feel as, if Children of the Corn is our creepy kids in movies, I think The Omen is our creepy kid yes, in a sing- movie. Yes, singular. Um, uh, for sure. Um, the Exorcist, you may notice, uh, listeners, has been left out of this month. Personally, I've left it out because I feel Reagan is a victim and not a creepy kid in the Exorcist movies, so I don't view her necessarily as uh, categorically satisfactory for for what we're going for. Whereas I think the other kids that we've covered this month um, have at least been really like human embodiment, really mm-hmm. um, of their own know, volition. Good, yeah, you know, I really think so, uh, and so that's why they've been left out. So sorry for all you people hoping that we were going to cover the Exorcist. We're not, um, but that's okay. So we, um, you know, are typical like, subscribe, comment, review, share with your friends. Uh, you know, all those things that you do, you can find us on your favorite podcast app. You can catch us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, the only, th- I got to get better at posting on Instagram, at least a reminder of what we've got coming up because, uh, I share when we release an episode, but I, but I always share like the just the cover art that I use for for YouTube. Hmm. I think it'd be you know getting into some more of the finding like I like to find the fan art of the movies that we're doing like last week's The Bad Seed and I found like the fan art of her yelling at, Le- at Leroy to give the <laughs> shoes back and it just looks like somebody drew it in Microsoft Paint. Yeah, uh, and, um, you know, and I did some of that way back at the beginning of John Carpenter month. You know, finding some of the fan art. I just got to get back to doing that. Because I, I think our two two or three followers on Instagram really like it. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, but that's really it. Uh, you know, we're wrapping up yet another month. This is episode 25. 25! Next, next, next week when we cover the Oven, that'll be our our half-year episode. Mm-hmm. Our six-month episode. Um, six, six months of greatness. Yes, we've got uh, another great month coming up in May. Mm-hmm. Very excited for oh, May. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is very excited for June, uh, you know, and then like we talked that we've got kind of a, you know, we've, I, I don't remember, I know what we've got going on, but I don't remember the order, but you know, we might need to revisit we can re- our, we can reshuffle. yeah, re- do some reshuffling. I think, uh, not necessarily, you know, essential, but it could be fun. I think yeah. we've uncovered some, some themes that could be fun moving forward, um, and so, but that's it for another week of Let's Talk About Flicks. I am one of your hosts, Oz. And I'm... And we will catch you next week. Take care. <laughs>